Welcome to the Calvary Church Podcast. We're glad that you are here and that you can be a part of a recent service at TCC. So let's join the service, which is already underway, and listen to the message. This morning, I would like to speak on the subject, hashtag ATYW, hashtag ATYW. Now, some of you are like, well, that's a pound sign. (laughs) There's this thing called a hashtag that uh, happens to be kind of popular among those who are on social media, and uh, it's a word or phrase preceded by the hash mark or uh, the pound sign or the number sign, however you want to say it, and it's used to identify a message or identify a keyword or topic of interest, and what it allows is those on social media to quickly search anything that has that hashtag in it. And so uh, a user will use that and then post to it, and, and then it can be easily searchable or discoverable by others. And so I'm going to talk this morning on hashtag ATYW. This will be a sequel to my message from last week. At the beginning of March of 2013, our family traveled to Houston, Missouri. And we went there to attend the funeral services for Kristen's great-grandmother, Granny Noel, it's Sister Pasley's grandmother, and Nana Simmons' mother. Wonderful lady. And we traveled as a family there to Houston, Missouri. The funeral service was held at Fairview Pentecostal Holiness Church on March 15th, 2013. At the time, Emma was six, Audrey was four, and Ava was one. So, needless to say, we weren't moving at a brisk pace during this trip. The morning of the funeral, we were cutting it close, as we do even today on many things. Um, We were trying to be on time to the funeral, and we were cutting it pretty close. And so I plugged the address into my phone, GPS, and I was doing my best to obey the laws of the land. Flying down country roads, because Houston, Missouri, and that area, it's kind of out in the country, and um, was flying down the roads. The GPS said I had one mile, and I would be there. It was a great feeling. You ever had that feeling knowing you're going to be on time? It was an awesome feeling, and, and uh, as we continued down this road that said a mile on the right or left, uh, I, I, I had this growing uneasy feeling. Because there was nothing happening on either side of the road. But it said that I would arrive in just a little while. And uh, I knew we were out in the country, but this was really out there. And I knew they could build churches anywhere. You can put a church anywhere. But I was not seeing anything. Then it pops up on my GPS. You have arrived. 
which I typically take as a compliment when my GPS tells me that. But that's another topic for another day. I'm always excited. You have arrived. You know what? I have. I have arrived. But on this day, I look over, and this is what I see when I says I have arrived. A field. So this sends us into panic mode, and uh, I think we were a couple minutes late to the funeral that day. But I was reminded of this story because of a story I read this week. On Wednesday, June 26th of 2019, the CNN headline ran, nearly 100 drivers followed a Google Maps detour and ended up stuck in an empty field. About 100 Colorado drivers were offered a quick way out of a traffic jam by Google Maps, and so they took it. A crash on Pena Boulevard, a road which leads to the Denver International Airport, prompted the GPS app to take drivers on a detour, but it was too good to be true. The alternate route took drivers down a dirt road, which was not properly marked as a private road, and that rain had turned this road into a muddy mess. And so cars started sliding around, some vehicles could not make it through the mud, and about a hundred others became trapped behind them. Crazy story, but I think we've all probably had some faulty GPS moments. But why does the GPS sometimes get it wrong? I don't know the technology that well, but I, I know your coordinates can be wrong on your phone or your device. The GPS device doesn't understand where you are, and so you can get lost. The GPS gives you wrong directions. Another reason is the GPS is misinformed. And it doesn't understand things properly, it isn't updated, and it is reading things wrong. And I want to go back to something that I said last week, that everything in our life hinges on us hearing the Word of God. How do I know in this spiritual life where I should go? The Word of God. How do I know what I should do in this life, the Word of God. The Bible is littered with people and generations living according to their own ideas, their own ways, and their own thoughts. The children of Israel, God's chosen people, were susceptible to this condition when they lacked leadership. In Judges chapter 16, verse six, 17, verse 6, it says, In those days there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. And they did, they did things contrary to what God wanted. In Judges 21, verse 25, it says the same thing. In those days, there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in their own eyes. Spiritually, they were wrecked. Spiritually, they had lost their way. The voice of God, the direction of God was absent from their life. And so they did not know where they were going. They were left to their own ways. They were left to their own thoughts. 
And I think we would probably agree we're too susceptible to living our own way. Our generation and our culture is plagued by the idea that I should live my truth. If you haven't heard that phrase, you'll hear it. That I should live my truth. While this might make sense without God, it is illogical if we want to serve God. We need the word of God in our life. We need the voice of God in our life. We don't need my truth. We need the truth. Let me say that again. We don't need my truth. We need the truth. We need a God who is the creator, not a God who is the created. The Apostle Paul told the Roman church that people would exchange the truth of God for a lie and worship and serve the creature rather than the creator. It's possible to create your own truth. We need to, a God. We need to serve a God who is the creator not a God who is created. And Paul would tell them, you're turning the creature into a God. You're turning people into a God. You're turning animals into a God. You're turning wood and all these things into gods. But God needs to be the creator, not the created. And if we were created to worship God, which I believe we are, that means... We are created to know God. And how is God known? God is known by his word. If you want a relationship with somebody, you need to know their thoughts. You ever had those conversations with somebody who's not talking It's hard to read people's minds. Sometimes we have to fill in the blanks on what people aren't saying, and usually we get it wrong. But if you want to know somebody, if you want to be known by somebody, you actually have to use words to be known. Words are the expression of thought. If you want to know somebody's heart, you need them to talk. If you want to know how somebody feels, you need them to express themselves with words on how they feel. And men oftentimes are not real good at that, and that's why we get in trouble. But if you're going to know somebody, if you're going to get to know somebody and be in relationship with somebody, you have to express it with words. And God wants to be known. And as I mentioned last week, Because God wants to be known, God is speaking. God has talked to humanity from the beginning. God wanted Adam to know who he was, so he spoke to Adam in the garden. God affirmed him. God gave him instructions. God gave him promises. However, we know the sin of Adam and Eve caused them to go into hiding. What were they hiding from? 
They're hiding from the presence of God. They're hiding from the voice of God. They're hiding from the word of God. And sin caused God's voice to go silent. However, God was not afraid of their hiding. And that's why God would call out to Adam and say, Where are you? Not only were we created with his word. God used his word to create mankind. But I want to tell somebody today that God will find you with his word. God is looking for someone today. He's calling out saying, where are you? I felt the touch of the Lord. I felt the presence of God when we were in worship. I felt God reaching for some of you who were maybe hiding and you didn't think God knew where you were, but I felt God saying, where are you? I'm looking for you. God was calling out to you. You might've gone missing from the presence of God. You might have gone missing from the work of God. Maybe you haven't been where you needed to be. You're not doing what you should be doing. But can I tell somebody today, God is still reaching. He's still calling out to you because God wants to be known. God is known according to his word. God's will for our life is known According to his word. God's promises in our life are realized according to his word. God's power is experienced according to his word. Psalms 119 is an enlightening chapter about the word of God. And I would like to recommend and ask you to read the entire chapter today before you go to sleep tonight. I encourage you to read the whole chapter of Psalms 119. Read on it and meditate on it all week because it'll tell you something about how important the word of God is. But today I'd like to pull out a few scriptures or a few verses of this chapter to help us understand how amazing and how important God's word is. Psalms 119 begins, Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law. This is the word, who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, God speaking, who keep his testimony, who seek him with the whole heart. They also do not do, do no iniquity. They walk in his ways. Everyone say his ways. You have commanded us to keep your precepts diligently. Oh, that my ways were directed to keep your statutes. Then I would not be ashamed when I look into all your commandments. I will praise you with uprightness of heart when I learn your righteous judgments. Do you get this sense, this growing sense of how important it is to know the word of God, to hear the word of God, to hear his statutes, to hear his laws, to hear his testimony, to hear his praises? says, I will keep your statutes. Oh, do not forsake me utterly. How can a young man cleanse his way? How 
How can he do it? Let me tell you how he does it. By taking heed according to your word. How am I going to overcome? By taking heed according to your word. With my whole heart, I have sought you. Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. Let me not wander from your word. Your word I have hidden in my heart. Why? That I might not sin against you. The word of God is powerful. And so we take heed according to your word, he says, according to God's word. My ways aren't directed according to my word, but they're directed according to his word. It's not according to my parents' word. It's according to God's word. It's not according to grandma's word. It's according to God's word. It's not according to my friend's word. It's according to God's word. How am I going to get where I need to go? Not because these people are speaking into my life. That's good. Probably have some good advice. But what I really need is the word of God. What I really need is the word of God to direct my steps. My steps are not going to be ordered by CNN, Fox News, or MSNBC. It's not according to my professor in college. It's according to God's Word. We have to find an importance in God's Word. We've got to find a, a way to treasure the Word of God. Because it's the thing that should direct our steps. If I could ever hear his word, I could find deliverance. Some of you are desperate for God. Let me tell you what you need most. You need a word from God. If I could ever find or hear his word, I can find hope. If I can hear him speaking, I can find peace. If I can hear his word, I can find forgiveness and mercy got to hear his word. And that's why in Psalm chapter 119, I'm going to skip through real quick some passages, but I want you to hear it today. He said, my soul clings to the dust, but he said, revive me according to your word. Revive me when I'm down for the count and I, I don't feel like I have another breath in me. There's a word that can come and revive us. He said, my soul melts from heaviness, but strengthen me according to your word. Let your mercies come also to me, O Lord, your salvation according to your word. I entreated you. I entreated your favor with my whole heart. Be merciful to me according to your word. Uphold me according to your word that I may live and do not let me be ashamed of my hope. Let me cry. Let my cry come before you, O Lord. Give me understanding according to your word. Let my supplication come before you. Deliver me according to your word. I need his word for everything in my life. There's nothing in my life that is exempt from needing the word of God. 
And here's what I've come to preach to you and help you. I don't need some carnal GPS system trying to give me a quick way around some traffic jam. I need the word of God. That's why he would say, order my steps in your word. Order my steps in your word. It might not look like the best way. It might not look like the fastest way. But it's his word and it's the right way. Oh, hallelujah. We need the word. We need the word. It's according to his word. Oh, hallelujah. Every day I need his word. Every decision I need his word. Every circumstance I need his word. Every trial I walk through, I need his word. Every battle I face against the enemy, guess what I need? His word. Every temptation I come up against, what do I need? His word. Every failure that I have, guess what I need? I don't need your pity. I don't need your sorrow. I need his word that says he's merciful. Every tragedy, I need his word. Hashtag A-T-Y-W, according to your word. Every situation you walk through, you can just put a hashtag on it that says, according to your word. My life on display needs one hashtag, according to your word. Every decision needs a hashtag that says, according to your word. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. After the hundred cars got stuck in Colorado, a reporter spoke to a woman named Connie. She was driving her car to pick up her husband at the airport when she took that ill-fated detour from Google Maps. And this is what she said. The route got weird. But I saw all these other cars in front of me. And I thought, well, it must be okay. So I just continued. How many people are just following the person in front of them? How many people are going along with things because the person in front of them believes it? The person in front of them does it condones it, lives it. I'm sorry, but I'm not going to base my beliefs on the person in front of me. I need it to be according to your word. See, I have to be careful of my own thoughts, my own ways. I need his thoughts. I need his ways. I'm not going to base my belief on salvation based on the law of statistics. You make a great mistake, I believe, when you base a salvation decision or a decision on what you're going to believe based on statistics. I'm not going to base my obedience to the word of God based on what it appears to be that everybody else is getting away with or doing. 
I'm going to base my beliefs according to his word. This world is trying to point us in all kinds of directions. Telling you, you can get out from the traffic jam. I've got a shortcut for you. Doesn't have to be that difficult. I can take the pressure off of you. I realize today I can't live by the person in front of me. I'm going to do what God wants me to do. I've got to live according to his word. What does his word say about sin? I don't have the luxury of defining sin. God defines sin in his word. So I encourage you, don't give up fighting sin in your life just because it seems difficult at times. But according to his word, you can overcome. Might not be a quick fix. Sometimes it takes some battling. Sometimes it takes some walking through some trials. Sometimes it just takes uh, just uh, obeying the word of God, even when you don't have it all figured out in your head. Well, I trust the word of God. When it comes to salvation, it comes to the idea of why Jesus would die, would be buried and rose again. I, I don't want to live according to just whatever seems easiest. I want to hear what the word of God says about salvation. I want to look at the whole counsel of his word. Not just a little passage here and there. But I, I, I truly believe that when Peter said repent. And let every one of you be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That it's what God intended for us to experience. For the promise is to you, to your children, and to all who are far off. What? Even as many as the Lord our God shall call. According to his word, today you can be saved. When it comes to living a godly life living a life that's pleasing to God. There's certainly things that may be subjective. Verse Peter 1.13 tells us, Therefore gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not conforming yourself to the former lust as in your ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in your conduct, in all your conduct. Because it is written, be holy, for I am holy. According to his word, you and I can live a holy life. We're not holy in and of ourselves or our decisions, but it's God's holiness that he bestows on us 
that allows us to live a life that's pleasing to him. But why should I live according to his word? I live according to his word because he knows me better than anyone. Jeremiah, the prophet, wrote, Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. That's the word that came to him. And I conclude this morning. And I want to read this passage. And I read it because I feel like it says, says it best. It says, O oh Lord, you have searched me. And known me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thought afar off. You comprehend my path and my lying down, and you're acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word on my tongue, but behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. You have hedged me behind and before. And laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall fall on me, even the night shall be light about me. Indeed, the darkness shall not hide from you, but the night shines as the day. The darkness, the light are both a light to you. For you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you. When I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth, your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. And in your book they all were written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God. How great is the sum of them. His thoughts are towards us today. He wants to know you today. Why should I live according to this word? Because no one understands my steps more than God. No one understands my direction more than God. No one understands my failures more than God. That's why I live according to his word. Because he has the ability to order my steps like culture cannot, like your family cannot, like your friends cannot, like this church cannot. God can order your steps in a way that no one else can. Because he knows everything about you.
He knows where you trip up. He knows where you're susceptible to fear. And so every day, I felt a burden the last two weeks to preach to us how important God's word is to us. It's so important that every day you are understanding and hearing a word from God. It's important every day that you're looking for direction from God, that you've Calibrated your GPS to hit a signal, not from this world, not from your family, but to calibrate, to hit to the word of God. Because you need direction every day of your life. Oh, hallelujah. When the angel of the Lord came to Mary to tell her she had been chosen by God to bring the Messiah into the world. What would have happened if Mary had challenged the word of God? What would have happened if Mary said, you know, I'm not sure if I'm ready to be obedient to the will of God in my life. But Mary simply said, behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. A-T-Y-W, according to your word. And so this morning, I'm appealing to you today. God has a direction for your life. And we need to say, if that's what you need, God, I'll do it according to your word. If that's what you're calling me to do, God, according to your word. If that's where you're asking me to go, God, according to your word. That's what you're asking me to give up, according to your word. That's what you're asking me to say to somebody, according to your word. This podcast was brought to you by the Calvary Church in Cincinnati, Ohio. For more information about The Calvary Church, please visit our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Consider joining us for a service where you will find friendly people, high-energy music, and life-transforming preaching and teaching from a biblical worldview. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or on our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Until next time, thanks for listening.